All right, here we go. Uh, Grizz Nation, we have another episode here. Uh, great episode for you. Uh, with me is Luke Rounds. Thank you, Luke, for jumping on. He's he's always a reliable guy to come on here, man. Uh, former Grizz with us. And then we have Toby Wida. 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 Got it. Nope. Said it right the first time. Wida. 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 Damn it. As in why the hell? Why, why the, the hell do you spell that it that way? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, so we have a great episode for you guys, and we'll we'll kind of go into the gist of it in here in just a second. But I uh, just wanted to let you guys know to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts at. Um, but uh, foremost, the reason why we're on this podcast is to talk to Toby about the good old Grizzlies collective. And it just launched as of midnight last night. Uh, so good things happening around uh, the Grizz Collective and and wanting to get a little bit more. So, Toby, thanks for coming on with us and just giving us a, a recap and, and more knowledge and, and information about this. You bet. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing some information. Totally. Well, just to start out, give us a little background of, of yourself and, and, and then also good old Grizzlies uh, Collective and how you got started. All right. Well, um, let's let's back it up about, geez, are we at 18 months now? So um, do you guys remember who Ed O'Bannon was? Luke, you should. He's right yeah. in your generation, mm-hmm. right? So um, do you know why I'm talking about Ed O'Bannon? I do not. Remember? No. All right. His lawsuit, right? His lawsuit. Exactly, yep. Adam. So he filed a lawsuit in about, well, in the early 2000s because yep. he was a player. He was a basketball player for UCLA. And at the time, they came out with a video game similar to Madden, or but it had college players in it or NBA 2K, um, yep. but it just had college athletes in it. Well, here's this college player who looks at a video screen and sees his likeness and his name on the back of a jersey and he's making zero money off so he filed the lawsuit 20 years later the supreme court finally ruled on it so this would have been 18 months ago the supreme court ruled that college athletes could maintain their amateur status but still get paid for their name obviously last name or their their name image pictures and likeness think video games Mm-hmm. Um, and so when that happened, uh, lots of schools jumped right into a collective, but lots of schools, meaning the big power five schools. All right. And so fast forward about five months, um, from 18 months ago and Texas A&M signed one of the largest or the best recruiting class in all of college football. Well, that was when, uh, Nick Saban started giving Jimbo Fisher, started hassling him about the slush fund and how they had a $22 million slush fund. Remember that at all? Yes, yep. I remember that. <laughs> okay. So when you hear a $22 million slush fund, what do you immediately think of? Adam, you're pretty young, so you may not remember SMU, but Luke, do you oh, remember yeah, SMU? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they okay. have a 30 for 30 on it, so I'm sure Adam's seen that one. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> Eric Dickerson, right? Yep, exactly. No, no. Exactly. So when they were talking about slush fund, I think that's what I started thinking of, and I believe – most people were probably thinking the same thing. Here we are in Texas again. They're going to pay players. Well, then I was listening to some other sports podcasts and and reading on Twitter and all the all the ways we get information now. And I just was like, "How? That's not a slush fund. That's nil." So how are they using? How did they come up with twenty some million dollars worth of nil money? Because that's one huge booster, right? Yeah, that's a lot of money. And then. That's a lot of money and it's, and that's an annual. 
So how are you coming up with $20 million per year for NIL? Or is it just the one recruiting class or how are they going to do that? And I'm one of those people that spends time that, you know, get a thought in your head and just keep rolling around, trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out. And eventually what I figured out was that it was a collective. So a group of boosters that got together, put their money down and then, if they follow the correct NIL rules, then sure, they can pay players to come to Texas A&M and it's legal. It's not the, it's not, you have to do some advertising. You have to earn your name, image, and likeness money. And it's not by playing the sport, but you have to, there are ways to form a collective, have the slush fund and have that be an incentive for mm -hmm. players to come to a university. Mm -hmm. um, so I figured that out about January and was like, I wonder why there's nobody for the Grizzlies that has done this yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, if there's a Power 5 school doing it, usually somewhere within the Grizzlies, we've got boosters that are all over it and I'm <clears> doing it. And so um, since my brother works at the university, I called up Greg Sunberg because I've known Greg for quite a while and said, Hey, Greg, who's doing this for the university of Montana. And he said, well, I don't think anybody is. You want to? <laughs> and I said, well, <laughs> I said, well, maybe uh, the first thing I got to do is see all of the university's rules on it. Make sure I know all of the guidelines, make sure I know all the rules so that for the, student athletes and also make sure that there's enough separation between mm -hmm. myself and the university because with a brother that works there um it's jc I want jc is my brother i, I assumed yeah. all of a sudden yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah that's a that tricky last name you right know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so i wanted to make sure there was enough separation because one of the rules is it can't be, you can't be an NIL um, advertiser or booster and be connected to the university. There can be no institutional control. So went through all the regulations, worked with Gene Gee, who's the um, athletic director who's in charge of compliance. Mm -hmm. And she is super helpful and gave me all the information and I read through it all poured through it and was like, yeah, I think I know how to do this. So um, beginning last year, really around March is when it really started as IVOVI Sports, which IVOVI is Roman numerals for 406. Um, so I started that as, um, as the collective and then kind of as a subset as an advertising agency. And we'll get into the differences in a bit since we're just talking about the collective. And then as I started going to the GSA events and talking about the collective, um, I started to realize, um, especially because of the Indiana Hoosiers, they came out with a collective that is a nonprofit and what they do through their nonprofit um, is they utilize the celebrity of the athletes to fundraise for charities there through Indiana. So as you're putting the pieces together, 
if you've got a $20 million slush fund, as we're calling it in quotes, slush fund, and you want to pay athletes, those athletes have to do something to advertise to be paid. Mm-hmm. Well, what Indiana decided was if you had those athletes advertising for other nonprofits, then you're getting the nonprofits great exposure. You're getting um, you're getting them added fundraising through the using the celebrity of the Hoosier athletes. And so that put me in motion for how to figure out how to utilize uh, the celebrity of the Grizzlies to make a difference and do something better for the community instead of just having them say, hey, I support 406 sports or I support IVOV sports because who cares, right? (laughs) That, that, that does no good. And it, and it doesn't do well, it gets the athletes money, but it doesn't do anything good for the community. So really that uh, setting it up as a nonprofit took some time. And, and so that's kind of why there was a delay. And so when you say the launch of it, uh, that's really the launch now a year into the process. That's the launch of the website. So our website now, um, goodoldgrizzlies.org, um, is up and running and ready for donations. And so while I've done a few interviews over the past, past few months, now we are in full swing and, um, and ready to answer more questions and take phone calls and uh, get emails from boosters interesting to help out those grizzly student athletes. Well, and we'll, Toby, we'll put that uh, the address in the description of the podcast as well, so that we get it out there as well. So I'll let you just want to let you know that too. So if oh, that'd be uh, great. if uh, anyone else is looking for it, uh, just click on our description of the podcast and you'll find it there as well. So, so how hard, you know, you, you said it was, you know, a process, you know, <laughs> how hard was this to take on in, you know, halfway into it where you're like, Oh gosh, what did I get myself into? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, honestly, the, the most difficult part and the, and the parts where I was really like, are we even going to do this as a university or as a, you know, as a community uh, around the university of Montana um, was when you're going to GSA event and there has to be the institutional separation. Yeah. So it wasn't like you show, I'd show up at a GSA event and they'd say, here's coach Houck and here's coach to cure. And, and, Oh, by the way, Toby's going to get up here and tell you a little bit about NIL and how it's super necessary for our university. Um, So a lot of it was me creating my own uh, advertising materials. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not some graphic designer or anything. So, (laughs) so coming up with things that you're like, boy, this might pass as eighth grade, you know, PowerPoint presentation slide or something. And I'm out there handing it out for, what's become an integral part of college athletics um, and then having to talk to people on the side and get to know people. And, and it's just those pieces of it where, you know, we don't have golf tournaments set up. We don't have full knowledge within the GSA or within the, the university community of, of knowledge about what NIL does. 
And so then it can almost come across as uh, still scandalous. Like it still has um, a taboo about it. Like, are we really supposed to play pay, pay players? Is that okay? And it is as long as you do it legally. And that's yeah. what, that was what really pulled me in was the only people with jeopardy of losing their ability to play athletics is the, is the student athletes because a booster can go up and hand somebody a hundred bucks. Right. If the kid yeah. takes it, they're not going to put the booster in jail. They may, the kid may lose his scholarship and the kid may lose his ability to play. So, um, so that piece connecting the out of the institutional control, being friends with most of the people in the athletic department and shoot, Travis and I went to coach to cure and I went to school together. I mean, we've been friends since I was 19 years old. So, <laughs> you know, to try and find that, to find that line where you can say that, that it is its own business. And while it's its own business, the same people that are in the quarterback club and the round ball club and the GSA are all the same people that are in the collective. So right. uh, um, walking that line in the beginning was was a steep learning curve. And that was, you know, like you're driving to a GSA event to walk around and talk to people in a parking lot, that kind of thing, you know? <laughs> Get that fun like, in there. I'm going to stay out here. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, or walking around the golf course, like, Hey, I didn't get to talk to you guys today. Let me try and tell you about NIL. Right. Um, and so where I'd much prefer to just be playing golf and people knew who I was and knew that what I'm doing is good for the university and, and have a sort of organization behind me, you know. Um, but we're getting there. I think we're. Uh, I think we're really. Uh, this spring will be our big change. Um, we've already got people that have gone on to good old Grizzlies and donated, and it's only been live now for eight hours. So That's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. Cool, man. Uh, so like you said, I, Toby, just to kind of go into, is it just football? Is it just basketball? Is it all sports that you're, you're able to is, is, is how does that work? Great question. Um, the, you may donate to any sport you want. Um, there will be steps. Um, so one of the rules. I'll give you the exact wording for the main rule that's important is um, the compensation or prospective compensation um, must be commensurate with market value. So if you want to give money to the tennis program, you can go on our website and you uh, there's a drop down. There's two different types of donations you can make. One is a one-time payment. One is a recurring payment. Um, then after you've chosen which type of payment you want to make, you'll look at your levels. Um, there's a $500 level to be, obviously you can pick a dollar amount and send us, put in your money. We'd appreciate every, every dime helps, right? Um, the, but then there's a copper, silver, and gold level. And so, Copper is $500. So if you wanted to do that recurring, 
similar to the quarterback club, we just deduct the amount from your credit card or bank account um, each month. And that would get you into a level of membership. Um, and I'm not going to go through all those because yeah. I'll forget what yeah. each one is. Sure. But there's three different levels there. One is 500, one's 5,000, and one's 10,000. The caveat on the 10,000 is um, there are some rules to having athletes advertise at your business. So anybody that's making that kind of donation will likely have to talk to me about the rules and guidelines. Um, we'll go into some of them later on, I think. But um, So in that, if you wanted to give $100 to the tennis program, you could hit the drop down for tennis, hit the one-time payment of $100, and make your payment. Each of those go into their own bank account. And then um, one time a year, we will get together, make sure the athletes have done their commensurate work and done the advertising, utilizing their name, image, or likeness. And they'll get their, they'll get their money for doing that advertising. And it'll be divided up equally uh, or depending on, you know, if it's a hundred dollars for the, that's all we make for the tennis team. I hope it's more than that, but you know, and there's 10 of them, then they'd each get 10 bucks. So it's, yeah. it's dividing up equally on each sport then is that, that's, is that what I'm gathering there? Well, or, I mean, I, the reason I asked that is I think about, you know, the number of athletes with football versus like, you know, tennis versus, I mean, any, all the different sports, there's just a. I mean, football is the main one, I guess, that really is you know, 100 people almost versus, you know, where you might have 10 or something on the tennis team. I don't know how many they have, but. Yeah, and there's some, um, there's, the, it, it's, it's a tricky issue, isn't it? For how do you keep a, how do you keep a locker room uh, together? Mm -hmm. Well, because it is out of the institution's control. So how do you keep a locker room together? And also how do you, incentivize the best athletes to come over and so the workaround on that is the advertising agency on the other side okay. so for example um we'll use patrick o'connell from last year's team i think most people that are paying attention to grizzly sports have heard a radio ad where they've heard him use his name well more more popular players and more high profile players are going to be able to do individual advertising that's outside of the collective. Okay. So, so if you think of the collective as, Hey, a whole bunch of boosters put together their money to support the football team or the softball team. And that money is kind of divided equally among those players. Then if you've got another player who like Patrick was, an All-American as a junior, right? Fast forward to this year's terms, right? Then, or Alex Gubner this year, right? He's right. he's done some commercials already. Also, Junior Bergen's done some commercials. They've already got a celebrity and a name that then they can get more advertising opportunities. So the two together, as you've got the collective that is um, more of the spread across the each sport equally. Then as we get more advertisers and that side of the business growing and the actual individual 
name, image, and likeness business going, that becomes more of an incentive then for a higher profile player to right. come. I mean, think of Arch Manning, right? right? The kid goes to Texas, not just for the collective dollars, because, but you know, he's got so many individual advertising deals going on down there yeah. that, that he's making what I've heard millions of dollars. Right. Crazy. Are those individual NIL deals run through 406 as well then, or through the collective? That's why I had to separate them out because you've got a collective that is a nonprofit, Mm -hmm. um, an NIL deal through an advertising agency. That's what 406 sports remake. IVOVI sports is the advertising agency. Um, I have enough I have contact with so many athletes right now. I can, I can reach out and get a hold of pretty much anybody if an advertiser is interested in in choosing someone. Um, and so that's if an advertiser is like, I want, oh, we'll use Pat again. Last like, I want yep. Pat McConnell. They they would contact you through IVOVI and say, Hey, we want him to do this for us. And then then you would go then and contact the player. Is that how that would work? Yeah. Um, it's you you know from experience right when when you were a st- when you were playing how much time during uh even during spring ball how much time in your life did you have to be just cruising through social media even though there wasn't any back then right. but <laughs> just you, you there just, is no time every minute right. counted for so right so if we walk through the process and we were to say, you, Luke, wanted to have Patrick O'Connell advertise for your business. And again, we're doing last year's scenario. Right. You somehow would have to get a hold of Pat. You'd have to either find his Twitter account, Instagram account, whatever. Then you'd have to slide into his DMs right. and hope that he saw it at some point. And then he would have to look at those DMs and be like, well, is this a robot? Is this a real person? Is this a legitimate offer? Am I going to get in trouble for this? Am I going to get in trouble for this? Am I going to click on this link and my phone's going to break? Yeah, I'm going to get some ransomware. Then he's got to, if he does reach out to you, then he's got to take the time to figure out if you have a legitimate deal for him or not. Or if you're just like, hey, my kid's having a birthday party and I got 50 bucks for you. Can you come on up? Um. And oh, by the way, it's three o'clock on Wednesday. You don't have anything going on then, do you? (laughs) So then once you decide, then once you figure out that it's a legitimate deal, then you got to figure out a contract. You got to work out a way to get him the contract, him to print it out, sign it, get it back to you. You have the contract. Then you got to figure out your schedules with the schedule where you had how much time again during, especially in season, but hopefully most advertising is done before the season. Um, and then once you've got all that done, then you got to figure out payment. Then you got to do the tax forms and you got to figure out the W9s and the 1099s. And then as an athlete, after it's all done and it comes around to January, then you're looking for that person who you made a deal with back in June Right. And saying, hey, can you send me my 1099 so I can do my taxes? So that was, that was one of my other questions, I guess, was going to be about yeah. taxes. Is, yeah. Do they get taxed on it? How, how does that work and all that? So they do get taxed on it. 
Um, what I've done to wrap all that up is with IVOVI Sports, um, all you have to do is go to the good old Grizzlies website, see my phone number on there, and call me up and say, hey, I'd like to have Danny Bark advertise for my business. Can you reach out to Danny? This is what I'm thinking. I want to pay her this amount of money to do this radio ad. We're going to run it for this amount of time. And when Danny gets a text message from me, she goes, I know this is legitimate. I know it's a real deal. And I know that Toby's got a contract that's going to allow them to me to work within my time schedule. And then Toby's going to take care of my W9 and my 1099s and he's going to work with them. And so all of it is taken care of. And you then, yes, depending on the amount. And of course I'm not a tax attorney. Right. Um, so depending on the amount they earn, they definitely would have to pay taxes on it. Yeah. I kind of assumed that there was, yeah. you know, uncle Sam's not going to let this go without getting the taste of it. So no, I assume that was going to be the case. Yeah, exactly. even with the even with the collective dollars, where that's coming from a nonprofit, the athletes are still uh, contract employees, so they're basically independent contractors. Yep. Um, and so we talk uh, we talk about that, and I discuss it with the athletes before um, when they're first getting me their information. Um, there's there's some forms there's some information i need from them and there's things i wanted to be aware of because it's it's their livelihood now it's how right. they're making money is through the not only their scholarships and athletics but also through their independent contractor business and their advertising and yeah. so with the collective if a, an athlete didn't want to be a part of the collective they could i mean that's something they could choose right just say, hey i don't want to be a part of that absolutely yeah and and if they don't fulfill their obligations if they don't do the the advertising for it they they wouldn't be i mean right. I, I the same rules apply to a collective as apply to an individual booster you can't they have to mm -hmm. do something commensurate to market value and they have to they have to advertise some way so what are some of the charities that are going to be benefiting uh, with this collective? Um, that is that our partners are Missoula Food Bank and the UM Food Pantry. And awesome. so they're both they're both uh, responsible for the Can the Cats program. So there's going to be lots of um, opportunities built in around uh, the Can the Cats. And there'll be other opportunities throughout the year uh, where Grizzly athletes will be helping to uh, fundraise or do food drives and um, for both of those That's partners. And there are links to their pages directly on our good old Grizzlies website. So uh, check them out and donate to them too. That's awesome. So, you know, I, I, I think that, a lot of people have heard, you know, they collected and they think it's just, you know, money being thrown at uh, players. And, you know, I've heard of, <laughs> of different kinds of things with charitable things a little bit, but this is the first time, like, I've kind of um, probably know a little bit more about it, which is awesome. Um, what, you know, as a, a Grizz fanatic like myself, uh, we're always 
trying to beat the the neighbor team down down the line. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, you, you, we were bombarded. And I don't know if theirs is just not ran properly or what their deal is, or maybe theirs is is, is legit. But we heard a lot more MSU stuff coming out um, with individuals. You know, um, I know their offensive line had a shirt um, and stuff like that. Like, how do you know any information on 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 that? On how they got theirs going a little bit faster? Is it just not ran the same way? What are the big differences? And and if you don't know, that's that's fine. I was just like that was interesting how they're. Their NIL, or NIL collective is so different. I I don't know a whole lot about what Bozeman State's doing. Um, yeah. I haven't. I don't have a big in down there with what they're doing. Um, I think they benefit a lot from, or they benefited a lot this summer from um, a reporter um, who who put it out there that they were a, that they were the first NIL collective in uh, and looking to get a scoop or looking to do a story or something like that. Um, They made it sound like it was the entire FCS almost this summer that they were the first collective. (laughs) Right. Right. Which was news to me, which was news to me and, and most people, especially most people in GSA who were like, um, (laughs) <laughs> there's a there's a guy that's been walking around collecting money for months now for University of Montana, so I'm not really sure what you mean by the first one in the FCS. And then there's some other schools that were on it right away. And yeah. so even then, in his article, he had to say he had to change it. And yeah. I mean, it's it's social media, it's people trying to get a scoop, it's people trying to get a story. And believe me, anybody that wants to support um nils and get the word out uh, i think it's great because it's not like um the student athletes have the time or the ability to go out and and market themselves i mean they're just now they're in spring ball and they just finished up winter conditioning for football basketball players just finished up their season i mean so anybody that wants to run a story i applaud on nil um i think it um it gave me a little bit of uh, publicity because when it came out, of course, other reporters saw it. So I got to do a couple of interviews. I would just already decided I wanted to be a nonprofit. And so that that's what made it so like during the football season, I wasn't just um, fundraising as much as you'll see this year. Um, I think you'll see a lot more proactive from me if you're not ready to take donations, why try and fundraise? Right. Exactly. You got to have it in place before you start taking donations. Yeah. So even though I had people reaching out, wanting to put money in, I had to tell them, Hey, can you wait? Because there's no reason for you to put in a donation now that then isn't going to be tax deductible. And, and so I had to put them off a little bit. Um, It sounded to me by the article that they had, a group of boosters that had already decided how much money they were going to have. Okay. And so by the time they were ready to launch, like they already had seed money going towards it. Sure. Now 
when you're, I think AJ from, for the University of Montana, the center, I think he had a jersey line that he was, that yep. he had put out too. So um, individual NIL deals where an offensive line gets together and does something like that. I don't know that that was the collective that was doing it. Yeah, I've heard that they were putting money towards scholarships for uh, players and, yeah. and covering the players. And I'm not sure how they would have fundraised fast enough to put that into place for last fall. I mean, yeah. to be able to to not only have a, have the fundraising done, but then also to have those student athletes advertise enough to make it worth the amount of a scholarship, um, I, that would be impressive. Yeah. I mean, that they were, that means they had done a whole lot of work before they ever got to the, to saying, hey, we're launching our NIL in August or September, whenever that was. I mean, right. they... It, to be that up and running and ready to go um, means likely the people running their NIL are in a much different economic situation than I am because I can't fund a collective all by myself. Right. And it wasn't me and three buddies that were like, Hey, here's $300,000. Let's go start paying off kids scholarships. You know, yeah. there's, there's some, um, and I'm not saying it's impossible. And for the record, it's not illegal. Um, if they want to pay a kid the value of what a scholarship is and he does the advertising to earn it, that's what NIL is. Right. Um, I think the big rumors that everybody keeps bringing up is there's that they're taking their collective money and telling the in-state kids not to take scholarships and that the collective will pay for their the Montana kids scholarships is the rumor that I keep hearing people talk about. And you know how rumors are. People hear one little thing and it's like, and then everybody's talking about stuff like that. My my biggest thing was like, how are they going to get the money raised so fast? And then too, I was like, they I, I kind of was the thought that they have to do something. They can't just go, here's money. You don't have to do anything. So uh, yeah, that 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 sounds like a pretty strong rumor. I yeah, mean, that that um, it's it's possible, but the the one hundred percent against the rules is for um. NIL to be involved in any type of recruiting. So that's good to know. So, I mean, we just, there's nothing. I don't, I don't get to talk to athletes till they're on campus. I mean, there's, excuse me, that we have athletes coming in who have been doing NIL deals in high school. And so, really? yeah. And they have reached out and are like, Hey, did you know this about our, our kids? And I'm like, that's great. I'll be happy to talk to them when they get to the University of Montana and they step on campus. I, I so they literally have on, to sign with the University of Montana and become enrolled before they can talk to you. Then. Oh yeah, I take it. I take it to the enrollment step, not even just right. on signing day, right. because I, they could change. I tried their to minds. learn as much as I right. I've learned. I've tried to learn as much as I can about NIL. I'm not even going to step towards the transfer portal or yeah. the any of the. You step on campus, you were there for a practice or two, then we'll talk, you know, that, um, so to go, is it possible that there, that, is that a good way for a collective to work? And could you establish a pattern of behavior where, um, you were subsidizing kids so that they had enough money to pay for their scholarships? Sure. I, I'm. I'm blown away if Bozeman's at the spot where they can do that already. 
I mean, yeah. I, I am, <laughs> I am full on impressed having been through this for 18 months. Well, for a year now, sorry. And going through it for a year and thinking, man, how great or that would have been to just have that much money built up. Now they didn't do a, a nonprofit. Yeah. So you, you have a lot more opportunity to, for people to just say, Hey, like I said, if three guys all give a hundred thousand dollars, you're at, you're at a good chunk of change. And, um, and so that is a possibility sure. for how they could do it. So, so you'd mentioned something earlier that I caught that was the write-off thing. So since it is a nonprofit and someone wants to donate to the collective, to the nonprofit, would that be a, a write-off for them then? Yep. Absolutely. Okay. It's tax deductible That's um, because we are at our essence, we are fundraising for uh, Missoula food bank and the UN food pantry. So it, it's just that we are paying athletes to do that advertising right. and then for doing the fundraising. So instead of using it micro where we're talking about university of montana athletes if you were if you had a whole bunch of people get together so that you could have brad pitt advertise for your missoula food bank right and he wanted to get paid for it and you said well cool what's your advertising fee and he said a million dollars well yeah you're still doing something great for your community um and in ours it's it's twofold, right? We get to help out student athletes who, uh, who the University of Montana doesn't pay the cost of living for along with the scholarships. So we get to help out student athletes to make it a little more equitable with what other universities are doing. And we give a little more, get to put some money in their pockets that isn't connected to the university. And we get to do something good for the, right. for the, community at a whole i think that's i think that's the best part that you're actually yeah, helping is. the community too that's huge yeah. mm-hmm. it is it is so uh toby one thing that i had a question about is let's say a player um junior bergen let's say uh one of the hottest you know probably the players out there that that will probably be getting these deals through you know the the marketing place let's say somebody comes up to him and, and says hey i want to do this is the rule that they have to be redirected to you or how, how does that happen because i i bet you and, and i'm just trying to get the word out to people so that this because you know that's going to happen you know mm-hmm. someone's going to come up to a player and say hey i want you to do this i'll pay you this much and you're like uh you know how, how does that work? It does not have to go through me. Nope. Okay. In any way. I mean, no, there's no, um, there's certainly no requirements. What I created with IVOVI or 406 Sports is just a simple and efficient way for businesses to be able to get in touch with athletes and athletes to be able to get in touch with businesses. Um, I've already got the contracts. I've got the tax forms. I've got the, uh, um, I've got the contacts. So um, if... And Junior is a, a perfect example because okay. he's done other deals. Um, he's got a deal with, uh, I believe it's Jeep Lithia. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry, you guys, if I'm if I'm advertising incorrectly. Sorry, Junior, <laughs> if you're listening. Um, but he had a deal with them. I had nothing to do with. He had that deal, and there's some. And yeah, it it had nothing to do with me. Um, 
I know Sammy Akim had a deal with uh, Paddleheads. That had nothing to do with me. I have had some deals. I have worked some deals with some players. Um, and excuse me. And I think I would, uh, what I again, I think what I've created is a simple way. Instead of trying to find, instead of trying to walk up to Junior after a win down on the field and be like, "Hey, Junior, can you advertise for this?" And he's yeah. like, "I just wanted to hug my dad. Thanks right. for the offer, but uh, maybe you could call me later. And do you have something to write down? Or here's my autograph, and my phone. You know, yeah. all the clumsiness of it. It's a lot simpler. Um, and it sounds a lot simpler and safer to me. Like I'm yeah. just listening. Yeah. Like it's just the safe route to go because you have the contracts, you know the tax side, you know all the the ins and outs of it. Where if you have just someone who's like, I want you to." advertise for the oxford downtown you know it's like right exactly well okay what you know i just as a as a player i would think boy i'd are you even if i heard that like hey let's go talk to 406 because he knows what we need to do here and i i just don't want to make sure i want to make sure we're doing this right too yeah and and there is safety both for the business and for the athlete obviously it's more for the athlete um there's danger for the athletes jeopardy for the athletes in that people who want to be doing good and think they're doing good and just want to help somebody out hey here's here's a hundred dollars here's two hundred dollars and then somebody hears about it or somebody sees it or or somebody's girlfriend's brother goes to bozeman or whatever you know (laughs) and it gets out there and then all of a sudden the whole university of montana is doing all this illegal and they're paying all their kids you know cash under the table um i've set up a program that's completely above board completely legitimate and is a safe way for the student athletes to interact with advertising and boosters well and i think that's you know toby with this just like ever-changing landscape in nil i think that's probably the best way to do it just because you don't know what's going to happen down the line with you know polit- politics getting involved and and with you know the nca coming out with maybe something else or you, you just never know what's going to happen if, if you're on the safe side at least you know that you're going to get paid and um so you know with that how do you stay current with everything and it, is it something that you you know you put in there where you're like hey i think this is going to happen or have you talked to other politicians or 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 how does that you know, and i know you're probably some wiggle room in there with with how things might change with congress and everything like that well you're more you're more accurate than you even know uh there was a in december there was a meeting with the ncaa uh and lots of people inside the athletic departments um all thought that the nil was going to change yeah and so and and so that was another hold up on like well do we really go or do we wait to see what the NCAA rules in December to then know how to form a collective and, and know how we adjust with the advertising agency. And then in January, as the session started here in Montana, there are bills up regarding rules for that advertising because our universities have trademarks and logos Mm-hmm. that they own so if if you were advertiser x and you hadn't signed a deal to use the logos well then you call up student athlete y 
and say, hey, we'd like you to advertise for this. All they can really do when they come to advertise is say, hi, I'm University of Montana student athlete Y. I, I support business X because they make the best wingdings in the world. And that's it. They can't say Grizz. They can't wear any of their logos. They can't have any of the marks. So just that aspect of, of NIL for which advertisers have paid for the marks, which advertisers um, can you wear which logos and um, is, it is a dangerous spot because if you're, if you go and do a video after a football game in Washington Grizzly Stadium and your parents advertise it and then you throw it out there on TikTok or your parents record it for you and then you throw it out there on as a student athlete throws it out there on TikTok with every logo behind them with Nike and and the Grizzlies and uh, and behind them with Coca-Cola right. and whatever Stockman Bank is up there and they're like you should go to Business X because they're the best they got the best wingdings. Yeah, right. Every one of those places can sue you for using their marks, you know, and that student athlete just made $500 for doing a quick ad. And then they get sued for a thousand dollars a piece from every one of those places. So, I mean, there's just, there are some definite uh, traps in the advertising world and the NIL world in general, that it is that having a resource is worth it and and reaching out to to me to make sure that the transaction goes well it will be simpler and safer so when they when uh players are you know working with the food bank um are are they able you're saying that they are able to wear the grids apparel and stuff like that well um that's in current negotiations right now okay Uh, (laughs) um because of the though i'm not going to speak for the university because again i'm not I'm not affiliated with the University of Montana. We are going through negotiations right now on how those players will will be participating in food bank and food pantry activities. My hope and my my we're a ways down the road on the negotiations, so I think that's something we're going to be able to work out. Uh, it just makes sense. I mean, it's yeah. something that uh, the university supports with the can the cats. You're doing stuff that's good for the community. Of course, the university wants to highlight and right. and and make people aware. They're student athletes who are doing good things for the community. I mean, like right. when they go and read to schools, things like that, they're wearing Grizzly apparel. So yeah. it, it makes sense uh, um, doing work for a food bank through through the collective through agreed upon activities is much different than a straight advertisement. Right. And that's the that's where the fine line is, and the laws that are up in front of. Uh, Montana's Congress right now are more speaking towards the the individual advertising. Okay. So I've got a, this is a question that I think, Toby, you'll remember from years ago, but like down at the press box and other businesses around town, I remember they used to paint grizzly athletes on the storefront. So <laughs> if they were to do that now, would they be in, I mean, because they would just pick, you know, the best ones and paint them up there and stuff. And so if they did that now, would they, would that business be in trouble? Like if they, like if you were junior Bergen or governor and you walked by and went, Hey, I didn't do that, you know, and there's your 
your number and your grizz, you're painted up there. I mean, it doesn't, you can't really see your face, but you know who it is because it's that number and all that stuff. So how would that work? I think you're in a, I would have to pull in uh, the guys from Learfield that do the contracts for advertising. Mm -hmm. Then I wouldn't want to speak without, I mean, I can, I can draw up my thoughts from the NIL NIL side. uh, Well, let's let's see if they want to do that. They could go through you and go, Hey, I want to paint his picture on the front of my, storefront because like let's say like the m store because they're not affiliated with the university they said we want to put them on the front of this could they do that if they had a license to use the marks sure okay so if they had paid to use the marks then sure i would i would go and talk with the compliance department with gene and say hey this is what the this is what the ad looks like this is what we're wanting to do and um and then I'd work with the trademarks part of the university too. And I've forgotten the woman's name and I worked with her so much last spring. I apologize Um, just to make sure that we did it all by compliance. But um, so there's really two ways you could do that. Uh, If it was the press box and what they were doing 20 years ago, I mean, a case could be made uh, that if you put number 58 up there, you would say, well, that's definitely Patrick Mm O'Connell, but but then you might also say, well, number 58 that played with us was somebody else. Yeah. So um, if you can't really see their face right. and the other part of it is the when you're buying advertising through the through the university, you get some use of those sure. images. And I'm not. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't know yeah. what all the breakdown is. I just know it from the side if the athlete's trying to make the money, how we would follow those procedures. Well, I guess a follow-up question on that side is, is let's say an athlete was like, hey, I want to do my own NIL deal, like to promote themselves. Is that something they could run through you too? Like if they wanted to, like, like I think I saw Sammy one time was trying to sell shirts with the his number on it that didn't have the Grizz on it, but it was like a maroon shirt with an, an 18 on it or something, or someone wanted to promote themselves somehow could they do that on their own is that something that they could do yeah they don't they would need me for that um, oh, okay if they wanted to uh, like what aj did where he yeah. just had jerseys made and was selling those jerseys or found somebody to do it and um and honestly there's some there's some this, interesting stuff going on on amazon yeah uh for players to be able to put together some products and advertise that really? way and that's not really my niche either. Sure, I'm yeah. looking for the Missoula businesses right. that are looking to do advertising, radio, TV, uh, social media advertising, sure. or yeah. even print, where where you just simplify the connection between those two. Well, there's a lot of different internet companies too, where you can design things and then have a portion of that profit go to yourself too. So there's there's a ton of those out there as well right exactly and that's yeah so like i got oh go ahead oh i was just gonna say i got i got plenty of to do i i'm not gonna (laughs) start getting into right (laughs) well my my next my next question was gonna be like if if a business was like hey we want to advertise with x player on instagram and facebook is that something that that IVOVI would put together, like that ad campaign for them and stuff, like where they wouldn't have to do it? They'd be like, "Hey, you help us just make the whole ad campaign and put it on there," or, or how does that work? Um, I would discourage people from doing that. 
I mean, if you saw any of my graphic design stuff, you probably wouldn't say, hey, this is the guy we want. (laughs) This is the guy we want to put together. Some of it, I mean, if you're doing just a a video of a player, the the important thing is to remember are they aren't actors, they're student athletes. So if you want them to try and do something fun and record themselves and post it out on your Instagram page, great. But the reality is, I think most businesses are going to want a script and and are going to want the player to follow something on that script so that they get the right. Uh, so you're so kind of to get the right that gap then between like their advertising agency and just then the players really where you're helping bridge that gap then. Right. I mean, most most of these places, if you were going to use examples that are out there like Lithia, right, with Junior they already knew what they were going to do before they even reached out to him. They said, we, we've got Junior Bergen. Here's our concept for what we want to do. Can he show up at this time? Yeah, and, makes sense. And and I'm giving Lithia all the free advertising. Um, <laughs> I I could be working. I could be saying the same thing for Man Mortgage. Right? They, Man uh, Mortgage did, did great work with Pat O'Connell and mm-hmm. And they knew what they wanted him to do. They had him run all, through a bunch of different scripts so that they could put together that advertising. Um, and it worked out great for both parties. So, Toby, you know, you've talked about, you know, the activities for NIL-related activities. You know, are there rules when these players can do these activities? Because I know Luke and you had said, you know, that there's not very much time. This is probably the perfect time uh people that want to invest right now this is probably the perfect time right now where spring ball is is going to be you know finishing up here in april and there's going to be some downtime before you know summer hits where you could start getting a line so if you're listening to this this is probably the best time to do this um, (laughs) uh, and get it get involved uh but what are the do you know of any of the rules i know that uh when you're doing interviews, because I've tried to get some players on here, we've gotten some players, you can only contact players or contact communications to get those players during certain times, not during when the season is and all that stuff. So uh, what are the rules for uh, related activities for that area? Um, well, I'm not a media member. So, <laughs> so my rules for engagement are a little different than uh, media members. Um the you're absolutely right uh if most of the grizzly contracts for the companies that have marks and do advertising through through learfield and through the university of montana their contracts come up and they start having those discussions in may and june um and hopefully this year we get uh, some partnership with learfield so that we get to see more student athletes in those advertisements, um, it'll be really cool to get to see some some of the players on the signs around Grizzly Stadiums and, and getting to see some of them being getting paid for even some of the videos that go up on the boards for the commercials, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, to get to get enough time from a student athlete, and we're talking mostly football here because it's their spring ball in there. Right. Yeah. And then after spring ball, then they're doing summer workouts, but 
that really is the best time to do advertising with them because once the regular season hits, I mean, you get maybe a couple of hours on a Sunday that they have off or Luke, how many yeah. hours do you think on a, yeah, no, it's, there, game there's not a lot of time. I mean, at all during the season, you know? And so that's, I, I, I'm thinking of the same thing. It's summertime is your, I mean, you don't, you don't have class, you do have your summer mm-hmm. workouts, but if there was ever a time, if you're in Missoula, then that would be the best time to have actually time to spare to do those type of NIL deals and advertising. Yeah. Even yeah, if it is, they, like you said, for the fall, you can film all that stuff in the summer. So it's exactly. ready to go in the fall or yep. vice versa with basketball too. You get that stuff. They're doing summer workouts. Yep. Get that stuff done when they're in that slower time, if you will, where you have yep. a little bit more time to do that. And then just, so it's ready to go for, for those. So. I guess yeah, that's why advertisers need to think ahead here. Exactly. Right now. While right. you're listening and, to this. <laughs> that, yep. 406-459-8761. Give me a call. <laughs> there um, you go. And they, uh, but you can be reaching out to me and we can be setting up schedules before the summer. And mm-hmm. that's the piece because it's to expect that businesses are just going to be able to say on June 14th, hey, we want to we want to advertise with somebody and knowing that they've got six weeks or five weeks at that point. And one of those weeks is the 4th of July to then try and kick off, try and get the crew together, get their scripts together, get their recordings done while that student athlete is, is trying to have their time off to rejuvenate too. Mm -hmm. Um, It really is right after the spring game there on April 6th, it, is peak time when yeah. they get out of school there the first week of may until uh the fourth of july would be the absolute best time to record um and get the advertising done um with nil happening um it's way different than when i grew up and probably when luke grew up too um with with the amount of money that you can make and, and some of the figures that you hear of of, of athletes making are are crazy um and so you know do the university does the university do um these collectives do we do do you guys educate these student athletes on the ins and the outs of of what to do the are the rules or how how, is there any educating going on with this yeah for sure i i wish we were at a a place where <laughs> we were like the University of Miami throwing out five hundred thousand dollars, or eight, I shouldn't say the University of Montana or Miami, the the boosters of, <laughs> with working with the University of Miami student athletes that are talking about five hundred thousand dollars, eight hundred thousand dollars. I think most of the right now where a collective is at the university of montana i think most of the kids have a pretty good idea how to buy a pizza um with the amount of money they're going to be making from us if if we get to the spot where there's that amount of money money going on those would be a good days that'd be a good problem to have but right now there are rules like that they have to follow rules within the university system to maintain compliant with their nil deals just so that there is um, some minimal tracking and there is, I do talk to each of the athletes, um, and just to give them an idea about NIO, about what IVOVI sports does and 
Um, and then, of course, what a collective will do when we actually have enough money to be to be doing things, then there'll be some conversation. But the reality is it, it's similar to the first job you got and somebody saying, OK, well, you're making this money. Remember, you got to pay taxes on it <laughs> and beyond that whose responsibility is it to say to them and this is how you should spend it or you know don't yeah. forget to invest 10 percent or whatever <laughs> you know they they get to spend it however they want and if if they decide that it's an extra pizza at midnight because they can't get to the food services then great so with with that it's on the same i guess thing i remember you know one of the first days of two days you'd have i think it was gene still come in and talk about compliance and NCAA rules and stuff. And I just wonder if she talks about NIL at all now in that too, or whoever's doing it talks about the NIL stuff as well as NCAA stuff, just because it's so such on the forefront now. Yeah. Boy, I, I gotta think so. I, I, I mean, was, I would assume that they're having those talks too. Cause I mean, that's the number one thing at the university is you want to make sure your kids are staying compliant and they're not breaking any rules so that all mm -hmm. of a sudden you're not getting in trouble as the coaching staff or the player all of a sudden can't play no matter what sport it is so that they, you know, that's the goal is they can be on the, the court or the field or whatever it may be. So, Right, exactly. And I'm sure there's some conversations that happen then. And I, I mean, I, Jean is excellent at her job. Yeah. And so I'm sure there's a whole bunch of those conversations that go into it. And all the interactions I've had with her we make sure that um, that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this is to make sure that I do everything within right. compliance. So I, I don't know. Cause again, I'm not yeah. affiliated with oh, the university, not, yeah. so I, I don't get to be at those practices, <laughs> right. but boy, uh, the way our coaches and all the sports um, are, are grooming and educating uh, those student athletes, I'm sure they're giving them some time. It may not be a whole lot, but I'm sure they're giving them some guidance on make sure if you're doing this, you're following these rules. Are, are you getting any pushback from coaches like on any level? Like, Hey, we don't, you know, don't, I mean, cause it's, I, I see it as it's, it's here mm -hmm. except that sort of thing if you're a coach, but I'm just curious if you are getting any pushback from any of the coaches on any of the staffs. Boy, you know, I think there's a group of us that all wish that it could just stay the way it was. Um, but I think all everybody, all the coaches at the University of Montana have been great to work with and deal with and very supportive because um, while, while I think like I said, I think all of us would say, I wish there wasn't a transfer portal and, or maybe I wish there was an NIL. There is. And now all we can do is work within the, the rules and be as effective as we can because it's, because it's here. Mm -hmm. And, and to pretend like it's not, I think you're doing your student athletes and your team a disservice. Yeah, I would agree. Now, Toby, you know, with with kind of on that follow up question with that, you know, like you you said, nece not necessarily you can't promote the the collective as a recruiting technique. You can't go out there. Can coaches say, "Hey, we've got a collective that is a little bit different than other collectives," where you'll be um, 
you know, doing good for the community and also making some money. Can the coaches use that as a recruiting technique or, you know, how, how is that? Is that a sticky situation, a sticky area? Um, no, coaches aren't going to be the ones that are, that are spreading the words about NIL. Luke, when you were choosing your university and you went on your official visit, who did you stay with? So um, I actually stayed well, – I, I actually didn't stay overnight because I lived in Missoula. So uh, my <laughs> official, I was from Missoula. So my official visit wasn't an overnight. But okay. like, I hung out with other players. Like right. Nadi was there and stuff. And, you know, guys like that was I was hanging out with. So um, – and then – when I was on the team, we'd have players come in and it would be, you know, you take them around campus and show them a good time and stuff like that and stuff and have the recruits with you. And, you know, so and in that case, when you were taking them around campus and you showed them where the food service was and you talked about, hey, yeah, we eat here on this day, yeah. but then we also get a pizza after every game and that kind of thing. Right? Yeah that's where the nil comes right. into the recruiting is once the culture is established and the players are aware of what's going on then as a person comes for an official visit the coach may not say anything mm -hmm. but the players are like well yeah you get your scholarship but you also get two thousand dollars because the players will help sell it just yeah. even more than the coaches do the players do you know right you're, you're and, all wearing your rings and you're all i mean you're really putting it on for, for the, the recruits and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. And that's the, and it, it's kind of like the champion center, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to, when a recruit walks into the champion center, the coaches don't have to say, and you get a workout here, <laughs> you know, or when they're down on the sidelines, they don't have to say, Oh, and see these 25,000 screaming fans. They're going to be here when you play. The athlete, the recruits are like, oh, uh, I want to go here. I want to be part of this. The, the NIL will become part of the, the culture, uh, basically. The culture, yeah. And um, as it grows, it will become more efficient. It'll become more streamlined. I mean, I've got some pretty good ideas, but I tell you what, I, it's been a lot of work for – the last year um and now as we implement it and start writing checks that's a whole nother layer of work so um as as it grows and it gets built and gets more streamlined it's the word of mouth and it's the rumors right mm -hmm. like i haven't had a uh, bozeman state coach tell me that they're paying their they're in-state recruits. You guys haven't talked to anybody at Bozeman State no. to know that to know it, but here's the rumor that's out there. So yeah. if you're an in-state recruit and you're a senior in high school and you've already heard that, you're not asking people, you're not asking kids from your school that are out there, hey, are they really doing this? Yeah. You know, exactly. that once it gets out, once once the payments start happening, then and once the deals start happening, I mean if you think that people don't look at the advert or that, let me back up because I said people and I meant, <laughs> um, if you don't think that recruits and student athletes don't, don't see the current advertising being done by 
current Grizzlies and think, I want those programs. I want that kind of money. You'd be mistaken because they they may not want to advertise for every advertiser out there, but they all want to advertise. So, you know, with the work that has been done, you know, have you, what's the weirdest kind of like interaction or even just like some of the weird deals that you have heard um, <laughs> from getting from players getting those types of things? Um, I've had some really cool interactions. I've had some uh, parents who are concerned about their kids and who see what I'm doing and have reached out and talked to me. And after I've had a chance to talk to them and become really grateful and said, hey, thanks. It, it sounds like you're really well-intentioned, good intentioned and, and trying to do something good for our kids. Um, those have been really fun uh, and some pretty cool affirmations. Probably the weirdest I've heard and the most disconcerting um, is about that University of Miami program where they had a recruit coming in and he put out that he was going to make 800000 in an NIL deal. Yeah. And the other guy at the University of Miami who was all conference was only making 500000 And so he was like, well, I'm going to leave and go on the transfer portal. <laughs> and here's the poor, here's the poor coach going, wait, what now? I didn't, I didn't have anything to do with this. Right. I, I mean, we, and so, um, so I think that piece and that danger of NIL for the locker room, um, when it is, when NIL is here and it's important to, for schools to stay relevant and competitive, um, how it is, as long as it's a tool that helps in the locker room and helps the university, like that situation really sounds like it, it would cause, it was causing friction in the locker room. So. Oh yeah, definitely. Could totally so, d- divide a locker room. Oh, yeah, fast. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Kind of run through my brain of like, oh, they should, you know, do this and do this. Like, you know, one of the things that I kind of came up with was is like have like the Grizz offensive line. And I don't know if this is legal by any means. So don't <laughs> don't take it from my word of mouth because I'm just a nobody and I have no no affiliate with the university at all. Um, Let's just throw it out there, then. You know, <laughs> but like the Grizz, Grizz <laughs> offensive line uh, getting a deal from like a a meat market or some type of like cow, you know, what, I don't know what what it is, but where they, hey, we'll, you know, if you do this, we'll give you forty pounds of meat every week or something like that. That I think that would be really cool because then you're getting, you know, those offensive lines some food, beefing them up, you know, and I don't know, that, that was just something to me where I'm like, yeah, that, that's a good idea. Um, I don't know if anybody else has thought about that, but I'm like, Let, let's do this. Let's get this going. Right. Yeah, go ahead. It's a great idea. And um, I think what you'd find out if you started talking to the uh, Grizzly student athletes is that there are some of those deals going on. Awesome. I mean, um, there's not as many, there's not as many as could be, and sadly, most of them ha- inc- involve national brands and not local brands. So okay. I'm hopeful that we get some of those types of deals, even if it was, I don't mean to put anybody on the spot. No, no. Well, that. there's so many. But if it was so a local many. business, yeah. a local right. restaurant yeah. that was saying, hey, we just want to say, you know, yeah. we we feed the offensive line or whatever it is. 
and obviously there's tax implications for all that stuff that I'm happy to help with. But yeah, those kind of deals around Missoula, I mean, when you think about Grizzly athletes, they are some of the most known people in the state of Montana. Yep. And so capitalizing on their celebrity um, and their really affordable celebrities at this point. So capitalizing on that, I'm looking forward to Missoula getting behind it and all of Western Montana. I mean, you've got, right. We've got great athletes in Helena and from Eureka. And um, so so that was one of my other questions, I guess, is like, it's not just, you know, they don't have to advertise just to Missoula. They could advertise in Libby and Haver and Sydney and Wolf Point or Billing. Right. I mean, they could, they could do an NIL deal anywhere in the state or, or even in Spokane. I mean, there's a big grizzly, there's yeah. a lot of grizzlies over in Spokane. We get those Eastern Washington kids. They could do that over there too. I, I take it. Right. Yep. Exactly. It, it's, there's opportunities for grizz athletes. There are opportunities throughout our footprint. Okay. So there's well, the just, fo- the footprint is huge too. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think people really, really know that, but grizz nation is huge. Yeah. When you're watching away games and you see how many people show up and yeah. and it's because they live there, not because they flew there. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like, like Tory Pines in Las Vegas could do an NIL deal if they wanted to because there you go. they show every year's game or something, right? I mean, that's right. Yeah. Yep, exactly. There you go. 406-459-8761. There we go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, Luke, you have any other questions? I so I had one other question. It is something I actually saw online. I've heard this term of NFT. Do you, I mean, I don't even know what that is. Like, and it relates to NIL. And I was just. Isn't it Bitcoin? Isn't it something with Bitcoin and stuff? I'm not, like I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, I am not sure. So I, I've seen it pop up a few times on Twitter and a few other things with NIL. And so I just wanted to know if Toby, if you knew anything about that or what that was. Or, I'm not even sure what it stands I, so I think it's non-fungible token. Yeah. Um, and I I only know about it because one of my good buddies is super into trading cards. And one of those guys, you know, that actually makes money doing it doesn't just have a collection that, that's in a drawer or in a, <laughs> a shoebox. Um, and he was talking about it. And so I know just enough to nod along and listen to him as they're treating an NFT like a trading card. I'm not sure how a a grizzly athlete um, would get a hold of actual game footage to create an NFT. Sure. And have that be their property so that then they could sell it. And I, I mean, the way, the way I, understand nfts and if you get a whole lot of responses when you put this out adam let me know um, how incorrect i was but the way (laughs) i understand it is it's it's either a short video clip or an image that is that is the only one and so they've made it so that espn can't keep playing it over and over again as a highlight and or anybody else can own it so then if you own it, then you can trade it 
and or sell it and somebody else then would own it and they could then use it like a to sell like a trading card sure okay well that makes more sense okay so i got one more for you guys before we go all right put us on the spot because you guys because you guys did send me a a couple of questions to prep me for this (laughs) and the and the one we didn't get to that i kind of struggled with that i i was glad you didn't ask me and i get to ask you is um with the way the college sports are today with the transfer portal and nil what are your thoughts on what colleges need to do to stay relevant and competitive and so my first question is because i think we should all get to talk about it yeah is what do you luke what does relevant mean to you so i guess when i think of relevant in today's landscape it's actually having a collective and having a place where uh, if a student athlete want, was interested in NIL deal, they had a place they could go to it. Um, and, and, and I'm glad that we had this talk because I was unclear about the two, the difference between IVOVI and the collective. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. having them separate and both actually gives us an advantage. So, cause you're, I mean, when I was there, there was your Andy Pedics of the world and your Tim Bushes of the world that, you know, were going to get, could get, could have got NAL deals because of mm-hmm. how good they were and stuff. Uh, your, your John Edwards, Johnny Montana. I mean, that could have been huge. So, <laughs> right. um, so having that side of it with the, the 406 so that the individuals could do it, but then also having the collective so that as a, a whole, they can do that too. I think that's a huge opportunity and keeps us relevant in today's mm-hmm. landscape where kids are, they're looking at that. They're on Twitter. They're seeing the advertising and they're going to, when they come on those recruiting trips, I thought it was a great thing that you brought up. The players are talking and they're going to mm-hmm. ask, is there, is are you guys doing NAL? What's going on? And if our players are saying, yeah, we've got this set up and, you know, let's say we're competing against the Eastern Washington's of the world or the university of Idaho's and theirs aren't set up or, you know, they don't, they're not, the players aren't, very enthused about it or like, yeah, we really don't get much. You always hear about Eastern struggling with money. Well, that might be that edge that gets us that recruit that we need. So I think that's, what's going to help keep us relevant in in today's, you know, social media world that it is. So, Mm -hmm. yep, exactly. Adam, what do you think relevant mean? Well, I think of it as a broader kind of aspect where it kind of, has a couple different things in it right it has that part where you're getting those recruits but i also think it's it's putting yourself in those markets right so if like like luke said if you're you know getting a guy from the washington area you're going to be wanting washington business areas where you can put possibly his recruiting or his nil deal so that you can be getting that market and say, hey, you know that guy that you played against or, hey, that kid you you watch football with? Oh, here's his NIL deal. You know, you might want to want to come to the University of Montana. Um, anything and everything that would be able to to get people to look at University of Montana, to look at the sports in Montana and grow the brand, I think is keeping us relevant. Also, just keeping up with the Joneses, right? We have a huge giant in North Dakota State that is funding and, and have has massive donations 
uh, their their practice facility that they're building is is amazing. Um, and so, you know, keeping up with them so that we can compete and beat them when we do, and it will happen, um, is what I think we should be doing. Um, it, it's this is just the start. And I think, Toby, you've done a great thing with starting this. And I love the aspect that makes me feel good is just the, the the nonprofit and the charity side of this, which I think everybody can get behind, which is an awesome thing. Um, I, I did, I'm just glad that we have something like this because I know that those student athletes work extremely hard and more than anyone and ever could imagine. Right. And you can have your, your thoughts about, paying athletes and not paying athletes but until you actually see it and feel it you're not going to really have a good perspective on it and this is like the non-athlete that hasn't played college sports so that's just <laughs> me but um i couldn't play college sports if i if i tried uh, i'd be the practice dummy that would that's what i would be so um but yeah i think i think that's what i think i think that um just getting us into other markets um, getting ourselves to a better, better position where we can say, Hey, we've got the best collective in the big sky. You don't want to go to those other schools. You want to go, you want to be a part of the community. You don't want to just be a part of a collective. You want to be a part of the community. Um, and I think that that's, that's powerful. Yeah. Adam, I think you bring a great point there. I, my head's going to, you know, we talk about Grizz nation and you see it yeah. all the way across the, wherever they go, we have a great following. Well, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, with the collective, it's an, an easy way for someone to help the Missoula area, which we're, we're all associated with somewhere, no matter where we live, but from a long way away and help the university, the, the players by donating it, where you don't have to donate $10,000. Toby, you're saying, I mean, I could, if you want to donate a hundred bucks, yeah, great. It could go in the collective. And you think mm -hmm. about the spread of Grizz Nation here, I mean, taking that money and just people going, Hey, a little bit here, all that stuff's going to add up and make that collective even bigger. I mean, across the nation, I mean, this could, this could just snowball is the way I see it. I mean, I yeah. hear us, you know, you hear the fanatics.com. Well, the university of Montana is one of the highest ones on fanatics.com. I mean, we beat out, if you look at all the stuff we're beating out big 10 schools all the time and stuff, mm -hmm. little university of Montana, because people love the university of Montana. If you're associated with Missoula and that you love it. And this is a great way for people to, take money it doesn't have to be very much and donate it back to it that can help the university and help the athletes no matter i was football volleyball basketball tennis all of it golf softball soccer one i think I, that if it, when, when you have a perspective of of money going to all sports and not just because because like that's what i you hear in the market right is and, and on twitter is um the big, the big reps or the, like, and not to get political here or anything like that, but women, right. Women have the highest NIL deals is because of, of teams or not teams of businesses kind of taking advantage of the, 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 the good looking athletes um, where I think that this collective wouldn't be doing it. It's, it's out of, I don't know. I just, I, it's a lot cleaner. <laughs> it's a lot healthier. I don't know what the words are of what I'm getting at, but sometimes I'm just like, oh, that doesn't seem right. 
that doesn't seem like it should happen. Um, I just think that this is this is going to be a good thing for the community. It's going to be a good thing for athletes. Um, and I I loved how Luke said that the IVO that that part of it I think is going to be even more um, powerful with those athletes that are the top what two percent one percent that are going to be getting those other deals. So I think we should clarify something because you keep struggling with IVOVI. Oh, did I say IVF? <laughs> you keep struggling with it. And I think what we should clarify is that you have a 307 area code. Yes. So I've... you don't have a 406 area code. So it, it, it may not translate for you to no. know that it's 406 for Montana. Because you're still I, holding on to that Wyoming area, kid. <laughs> I know. I, I grew up in I grew up in Montana. I live in Wyoming, um, and so you know, I, I grew up in Laurel, Montana. Well, so. I think what I the reason why I brought up the relevant is because I wanted to make a point. Um, because in the Big Sky Conference, the University of Montana is relevant. It, I I think we hear other coaches talk about it all the time, and the run we had years ago where we won what was it, 12 straight Big State Conference championships. Um, I think University of Montana is going to be relevant. We, it's not like it's a school that's going away. Um, there are plenty of kids that grow up thinking, I want to play for the University of Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think you'd have that same feeling in Colorado. I don't think you have the same feeling in Arizona or California where they're like, you know, when I grow up, I want to play. When I get to college, I want to play for Cal Poly or Sac State or Northern Arizona. So I think there's some there's some built in relevance to the University of Montana, the same as at the FCS level, similar to if it was a USC or a UCLA. Um, But I think the other part of your question was, how do we stay competitive? And um, we have such high standards at the University of Montana that we believe competitive is competing for a national championship in every sport every year. And, um, and the reality is, to do that, we need to take advantage of all of the resources, not just wonderful facilities, top in the FCS, and some of them are top in the country or match those in the country i mean our stadium experience for football is 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 among the top in the country um and and this is just another and the collective and nil deal are just another way to ensure that the best athletes we can get coming to the university of montana continue to come to the university of montana um You've seen since Luke was in school and since I was in school before him, you've seen that our top athletes start to go out of state. Mm-hmm. And, and so having that extra incentive to keep them from going to a Pac-12 school and stay at home where they'd be the biggest celebrities in the state, um, to some kids that will remain appealing. Others really do want to try and pursue their dream at a Pac-12 school. But I think with uh, NIL deals and the collective, we have a great opportunity to sway some of those athletes who now with the transfer portal, who may have gone to another school and then decided, you know, if I could 
get a scholarship and have some extra money in my pocket to cover living expenses because you guys know uh, rent in Missoula is pretty darn high. Yeah. So, um, and those grizzly athletes don't aren't making so much money with, with any NIL deal that they're buying a house there because buying's even more expensive. Right. So if they're having to pay rent and pay for the cost of living in Missoula, this is just another way to try and get more athletes to our school. Well, yeah, definitely. Toby, you know, we, we thank you for coming on and, and kind of spreading the news um, about the collective and everything that you do. Um, you know, give you uh, the last uh, thing, last minute here. Give us a, a handle of people where they can get in contact with good old Grizzlies, the collective and, and everything that they need to know to get in contact and, and donate. Uh, simplest thing is to just go to our website, www.goodoldgrizzlies.org. I do own .net and .com. So there's no websites there. Don't be, you don't have to worry about being fooled, but it is .org. Um, and my phone number's on it, 406-459-8761. You can leave me a message, send me a text, uh, and I'll get back to you as quickly as I can. I am looking for uh, um, supporters or uh, people in, in the main cities <laughs> of Montana or the areas to help. Like, do we have GSA leads around there? Would be great to have collective leads out there that could help with um, talking about the collective because obviously I can't be everywhere all at once. Um, and so having some uh, advocates out there would be great. So if you're interested in doing that, um, working a little more closely with it, uh, organizing some athlete events in your towns, all of those would be appreciated. And, and really, it's not some huge organization. Uh, it, it's me. And like I said, we're looking for some other supporters, but word of mouth, uh, those of you that work on egress and, and the other, <laughs> and the other platforms, uh, sharing the website around, would be greatly appreciated. And I love the Grizzlies just like all of you. So I'm happy to talk about it. I'm happy to talk about ideas. I'd love to hear everybody's input on, Hey, did you think about trying this? Or what if we tried this? I want to hear it. I, I don't have all the answers and I got a pretty good handle on all the rules, but, <laughs> but I don't have all the, uh, all the answers or ideas out there. So I'd be happy to hear them. Thanks for you guys though, for putting this out. Uh, I really appreciate your patience with me getting on, on here and appreciate what you do for all the Grizz sports. Just, the podcast keeps more people interested and, and involved in Grizzly Athletic. Well, I want to say we appreciate you doing this and, yeah. you know, being the person that was up front and the, you know, the first guy out to make sure that we got a collective and got the, the IVOVI going and all that. Because otherwise, I think a lot of us have been worried. I mean, people were worried when they first heard that other article about those other that other team in the state. Yeah. That, oh, gosh, <laughs> we don't have anything. And it was refreshing to me and a lot of other people when we saw IVOVI pop up right away and it's like oh no we got something going on here we're not just being left in the in the dust so well thank Hola. you 
<laughs> Just lost connection there. Sorry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like, I don't do gratitude well, apparently. And uh, you started saying thank you. I'm like, hey, I'm out. There we go. <laughs> no, uh, it, it has been fun. No, I mean, I, I hope it didn't come off as I, like I was burdened by it or anything. There was no, some, not at all. No. There was some difficulties, but it, boy, it has been fun. It, and it's, it has been my pleasure. It, it's great to get to work with the student athletes and get to know them a little better. And it's, and, I've had experiences with boosters that I didn't think uh, that I'd ever get to see. I just, I really like, I really like Grizzly athletics. So are you guys going to have a, like a shirt? Do you guys going to do like a shirt for the collective? Um, at the first membership level at 500 bucks a year, you will get free apparel. So that's your incentive. If you want to go to that level, we may do, um, Again, with the uh, marks and the logos, we're de- we're wading through how we how we find the right uh, fit for our for the collective and for six sports. But we'll get there. It's coming soon. Okay, um, cool. Advertising for the collective and advertising for the student athletes are are two different pools. So, do you want to have where student athletes get to advertise by coming up with apparel, or do you want to have yeah. the collective raising money through apparel? is also a dilemma. So um, I'm happy to hear feedback. If people are listening to this and want to say, Hey, we buy shirts and then yeah, I'll make shirts. <laughs> and we'll send all the money to the athletes. So um, we have good contact throughout the state and we have good boosters. So we can awesome. do just about anything at the university of Montana. Awesome. Well, again, Toby, thank you for coming on, man. Thanks you guys. 